0: Digging through the old archives, we come across this one. This is a episode of Wrestling 411 with Kyle Klingman and myself during the year we did the Wrestling 411 radio show from Minnesota. This was from November 13th, 2008 with Pat Santoro, the head coach at Lehigh. He had been named the head coach earlier that year in April, and here's a talk with Pat Santoro again from November 13th. 2008 on Wrestling 411, this was also the first time we got to debut the Wrestling 411 theme song by T.P. and Esco, otherwise known as Travis Picard and Michael Arias. This one's from the archives, folks. Enjoy. Coming to you
1: live, this is the Wrestling 4-1-1 We're Keeping the wrestling community locked down With the latest news and coverage Tighter than any pity combination This is the 4-1-1 Wrestling 4-1-1 This is the 4-1-1 Wrestling like electrical bolts We up 24-7 Like a heartbeat's pulse And this the 4-1-1 If you want the results If it happens on the mat Then we gotta report And this is Wrestling Man The realest sport that's around And if you didn't know about it This is how it's going down International coverage To them NCAAs Everything on demand And you can have it your way and With the latest recruits Breaking spoken interviews Who, what, when, and where With the latest on the news Want a technique tip Or something really entertaining Here's a double-like Class. That'll keep ya motivated. Got you training like a madman getting it done. On how to break him and take him until you make it number one. Don't fetch up up the price, you provide the gifts on and on to the wrestling four one one. This is the 411 Wrestling. for 411 This is the 411 WrestleLink.
2: Welcome to Wrestling 411 Radio. Second edition, I am Kyle Klingman, joined by the Thomas Jefferson of wrestling, Jason Bryant. Is that is that because I'm from Virginia? It's Virginia, and because you know something about everything, just like Thomas Jefferson.
0: That's I don't know where you get that. Hey, I'll take it. I'll that take it as a compliment. compliment. My hey, favorite I, president. Well, how do you remember? <laughs> it's just a thought. Anyway, uh, we talk, We got a bunch of presidents to choose from, from Virginia, but hey. uh, that being said... Hey. Show two, here we are. Show two. Thursday, November 13th. You're listening to Wrestling 411 TV. He's Kyle Klingman. I'm Jason Bryant. And uh, we have a lot of of stuff to go over today. we got Pat Santoro coming on the show in our second segment. And I'm really excited to get this thing rolling.
2: I'm excited, especially what we had last week with Tom Brands, head wrestling coach Iowa, defending team champions, University of Iowa. They're ranked number one right now. And I think it's a great way to kick off the show. A lot of positive feedback. Let's talk a little bit about what we are implementing into the show at wrestling411.tv and that is the video element Jason.
0: Yeah, that was one thing that we came up with. Actually, I'm going to take a little bit of credit here for my own. For sure. I came up with it. I guess about a month ago I thought about how we could get another engine for the wrestling411 out there. It's embeddable. You got websites, you can put it all over the place. You know, we got tra- we can track all that stuff anyway. So, you know, it's not like we're in this for the the traffic on the Pacific website. If people are seeing our product and they're seeing how, you know, how much time we put into it and Basically, those type of things we're all for, and the video component is going to give myself a lot more longer <laughs> evenings. So I'll be in the office probably in the wee hours of the morning, and probably sleeping till the wee hours of the afternoon. If, well, anyway, no, we're going to have some really good, really, real, real fun with this. Uh, Lehi's hooked us up with some stuff, and for for this show, and uh, <laughs> let me tell you, it's been a crash course in editing. Um, so yeah,
2: and I, I again, we have to reiterate what wrestling 411 does and that is the element of radio we're going to have television we're going to have web content and this just adds a little bit of a twist to the radio side of it jason and that we get to have a video broadcast alongside of the radio so it's a kind of three and a half elements almost
0: well what i like about this concept that we we, we implemented here was you know if you can't listen live we've got the immediate podcast which i which i actually love in KAUG, kaug our host radio station here at the glorious metropolitan campus of augsburg college yes home of the Augies. Uh, what they have here is they've given us a chance to you know, archive this quickly, so if you're not by a computer at 7 o'clock Central, boom, you're by a computer at 8 o'clock Pacific, you can still come back and listen to the same show. And our turnaround time of the video is going to be much quicker. Obviously, that first show was a bit bit much on me, but uh, I think I've got it pretty much down to a science. We're, we're good to go.
2: And, of course, this is Wrestling 4 and one This is our story, our way, and this is all about you and this is your wrestling program and we couldn't do it without support and it was great when we got back we actually had a small donation people went on to the wrestling411.tv website and we can't make this go we can't make it grow without you and we're just asking for small donations a little from a lot is the campaign and that's how this product is going to work Jason, yeah
0: absolutely within within minutes of me getting back to the office and dumping the video down boom there's an email so uh it's just that, was, that made my day, actually. I mean, a little from a lot is, is kind of the motto, like you said. And it really made me feel good about the, the first show and what we're doing here. This, we took a chance on this, and uh, we're going to make it work.
2: We are going to make it work, and we're going to get into the camps that sponsor this. But I think the question for this season and all seasons is, can someone break into the championship spot at the NCAA tournament since 1989 has been one of three schools, Oklahoma State, University of Iowa, University of Minnesota, can a team like Ohio State, can a team like Cornell, Iowa State won in '87, can someone finally break in and break the stranglehold of these three schools?
0: It's going to be really hard pressed to do that. These programs are ingrained in the the upper echelon, the the elite of elite when it comes to college wrestling. They got the support, they got eager coaching staffs, they're tenacious when it comes to recruiting. So to unseat any of those three teams is going to be tough. I mean. People like talk about Ohio State and Cornell as possibilities of uh, being spoilers this year. And on paper, it's possible, of course, as we hate bringing up last year constantly, but anything's possible, really, and I hate to use that as a cliche or a throwaway cliche, but things are going to have to happen for Cornell or Ohio State to win the national championship. Is it possible? Yeah, it's yeah. possible. Is it likely? I'd say it's unlikely, but that's not going to stop those coaches from working any harder and those wrestlers – from training any harder. so.
2: When you look at the history, there's been times where I thought Illinois could challenge. There's been times when i thought other programs could make that step and get up in there. And it's just amazing how consistently, year in and year out, it's Iowa, Oklahoma State, and most recently Minnesota. And when you look back at the history, there's only been 10 programs that have won an NCAA title. Only five have won two or more. And to me, it just shows what Arizona State did in 1988 makes it all that much more impressive that a Pac-10 school could actually get in there. They don't have an NCAA champion. They won an NCAA title, Jason. That's impressive.
0: Absolutely. And one thing that it also shows is you mentioned the 10 different programs. What well, You realize there's only, what, 10 or 11 different teams that have ever been ranked number one? Missouri was the latest one two years ago after they won two the point. Southern Scuffle. They were the, the first team and who knows how, first new team in ranked number one in a long time. And we had five different number ones on uh, four different occasions or six that is four number ones, five driftifications. I believe that's what it was last year. It was it was nutty, but you know to break that stranglehold, it's going to take five, six high placers each year consistently. And somebody's going to not have to perform a a one seed, or somebody's going to have to go down, or three seed, or somebody that's guaranteed tournament points is going to have to get knocked off early and not place for for some of those teams to have have a shot. And when I'm talking about guys like that, it's those returning All Americans, maybe even returning national champions from those power schools that. Somebody's going to get upset, and that might open the door for some of these other programs that you don't mention as one of those ten to win the, NCAA, ah, win the NCAA title.
2: But the question always has to be raised. Everyone talks about parity and does this hurt wrestling. Does not having more programs in the NCAA title hunt hurt the sport of wrestling? Because you see it in football, every year it's a balancing act on who's going to win this. Basketball you can never predict. Does that hurt the sport?
0: Absolutely not. I think what it does is it gives that New York Yankees appeal. I think people have correlated them with the Iowa Hawkeyes as, you know, being the team everybody loves to hate sure. or having the most pronounced loyal following. You could make a case for that for Oklahoma State as well. So you got two of those storied programs. But as far as having those three being able to break into that top 3, that top 4 and get a tr- get a trophy, NCAA trophy and bring it home, I think it's if anything it's incentive. I don't think it hurts the sport at all. It it helps those second tier Second-tier programs are those Tier 1, 1A programs that are, you know, four or five All-Americans every two, three years that are right there you're going to place top ten consistently but not break that top four, top five barrier. I think it gives them something to strive for instead of just winning a conference title and sending as many kids to the NCAAs. You send kids to the NCAAs, yeah, that's great. That's absolutely fantastic. It helps your program. It helps visibility. But does it really – do you really have a shot at winning if you take eight, nine, ten guys? unless you actually believe you can win with 8, nine, ten guys. Sure. That's good. Yeah, that's my thoughts.
2: I agree. Let's talk about something else that's important for wrestling. We're not going to get into mixed martial arts a lot on this program, but there is a big fight this weekend, and that is Brock Lesnar against Randy Couture. And no doubt about it, Jason, mixed martial arts has changed the sport of wrestling because of what it's done and allowing these guys an opportunity to have something other than freestyle, other than Greco-Roman to go on into as far as a combative form. And right now we have what they're calling the biggest fight of the UFC history. Brock Lesnar, Randy Couture, what are your thoughts? What's your prediction on who's going to win this thing?
0: Are you actually buying in to the hype about it, this being the biggest, the biggest It's
2: not the biggest fight. Ever? No
0: way. No, right. But that's what they're Come calling on. it. I don't know. It's
2: Everyone everyone tabs something as this fight of the century. That's just something they always do.
0: I like I like comedian Mitch Hedberg, he once said, you know, he was watching TV and it was a commercial for boxing on and said it was a fight to the finish. Well, that's a good place to end. Exactly. So, I mean, I don't really it's care not. who wins one way or the other. I mean, I like Randy Couture, I like watching Brock Lesnar. It's I really don't have a favorite and you want me to make a pick on this grizzled veteran versus mean imposing former Gopher wrestler, former Minnesota Vikings tryout guy, former WWE champ. I don't know. You may, you know, I don't know based on my voice you might be able to tell who I'm leaning towards, but sure.
2: But I don't know if,
0: if Lesnar progresses as well as we think he is and I'm no MMA expert by any means. I've covered several events before, but I don't know, it's going to be hard to top somebody like Randy who just knows everything. I mean, he's taken losses, but uh not against guys like Lesnar. So, yeah, I think course. Randy's a favorite. But. Of course,
2: the background here is Randy Couture, two-time NSA runner-up for Oklahoma State, long time on the Greco scene, Brock Lesnar, runner-up for University of Minnesota and state champ in 2000. My prediction is, I think, with size being the factor here, I just don't know how Randy Couture at age 45 is going to be able to handle the size and strength of a guy like Brock Lesnar, even though he has the experience edge. Uh,
0: didn't you know 40s is the new 30? It may be. I mean, the advances in but <laughs> in weight training has, and such like that right now. Coteur's probably in some of the best Shafies have been since he was wrestling on the Greco World Circuit.
2: He certainly could be, but that's going to be a, a fight that uh, is going to be a good fight. Let's not tab it as a fight itself. Well, 70, I hope so.
0: I mean, we hope it's going to be a good fight. It could end up like, you know. What, Vitor Belfort and Couture with the, yeah. I think that's who it was. I can't remember if it was Belfort or not. Yeah. With but the, uh, with the, the cut, cut eyelid, the cut and I'm like, great, island. we just lost 50 bucks watching this thing. So yeah, not,
2: not a good fight. Yeah. But we're also wanting to talk about conferences, and there's a lot going on in the conferences, right? Not, not a lot of dual meets going on right now. Boise State's 3-0, and like Arizona State had a dual meet. So not a lot on the dual meet scene, but I think we want to talk about what's going on in the conferences, and kind of break down what's going to happen in some of the conferences that we don't talk about a lot. We talk about a lot about the Big Ten, the Big 12, of course. We're going to get into the EIWA because we have a great lead-in with Pat Santoro. But let's start out with the ACC and what we have for conference strength there, Jason. Your predictions on what's going to happen there with the ACC.
0: What people don't realize with a conference as small as the ACC, and I think they do see this in the Big 12 some as much, is Any year, it's all about one good weekend in terms of how these points are going to be scored. North Carolina traditionally wrestles very well at the ACC tournament. NC State traditionally performs very well at the ACC tournament. Maryland, on paper, is everybody's favorite to win that. Uh, They're the returning champs. They have a lot of good kids coming back. They're redshirting, potentially redshirting a couple solid All-American contenders, at least one with Mike Letts. So we don't know what's going to happen, but with a conference that small, like Virginia, could, is very dangerous. Very young, very dangerous. They had guys, a lot of true freshmen, and redshirt freshmen, get thirty, forty, fifty matches last year. They're going to be ready this time around, and that tournament to get to the championship, to the end the NCAA championships, is not going to be so scary for them. Maybe part, part in part because of the new qualifier allocation, but they're a year older, they're a year more mature, and I think any one of four teams with the right weekend can win the ACC. And you see things in dual meets that don't regularly happen. Virginia Tech beat Virginia last year, and in a dual meet that was just wacky. I mean, you couldn't figure, you know, Brent Jones getting beat, you know, things like that. What the heck's going on? But uh, ACC, who can figure it out? Uh, Maryland's obviously the favorite. North Carolina's got some very underrated, very good talent on that team, and whether they can sustain that or live up to it is another thing. You know, Coach Mox got some real good kids, like we said, and one of those kids I think can be the catalyst is a very unheralded kind of kid uh, next to Bill. He's, he's a guy that gave Caldwell a pretty decent match at the NC State Open this weekend, and he's, he could be trouble at 149.
2: And I think a lot of what you're talking about here with the ACC comes back to quality coaches in the ACC right now. Kerry McCoy, you have Steve Garland at Virginia, you have Kevin Dresser at Virginia Tech. Those are some quality coaches that are getting into the ACC. I think that's only going to make it stronger.
0: Uh, absolutely. it's it's you're seeing schools that are now giving money to wrestling or increasing their funding or support of it. A couple years ago University of Virginia was gonna cut wasn't gonna cut wrestling, but they were gonna drop I think nine or ten sports down to a tiered status where it would just be regional competition. You wouldn't see Virginia going to Las Vegas for the Cliff Keene invitational. You wouldn't see him going to the Michigan State Open. They'd basically be wrestling you know your Franklin and Marshalls, your Millersvilles, your well at the time James Madison, your George Masons, those who they, that's who they'd be wrestling. They wouldn't have this national schedule, and I think with their AD there, Craig Littlepage, done a great job in making say no, we're not going to cut down on sports or tier sports. We're going to actually give more to those sports. So 80s like that really go against the grain in this time where everybody's trying to use money as an excuse. But Virginia's a program, for example. You've seen a great new facilities, great coaching staff, young, eager, and a lot of support. So they're a team I really think in the ACC you got to look out for.
2: Well, and, of course, great segue into the ACC-Big Ten clash, which, hap- which happens this weekend. And this goes into the thought of – wrestling a diversity of teams right now and that's kind of the trend with the new qualification system that we talked about that you want to wrestle as many different schools as possible especially the quality schools because that really helps your stock go up if you want to get in the NCAA tournament and you're one of the lower level guys I believe they call it the bronze area where you're in the bronze level I think the ACC Big Ten concept is a great great idea to to diversify and wrestle different schools
0: well it takes a different effect this year it's been around for two or three years i believe this is the third year they've had it it so we're seeing and we're we're seeing now is wisconsin's coming illinois's coming this isn't purdue and michigan state well michigan state's there again this year but it's it's the upper level big 10 teams that are going to take uh take a trip out to north carolina and get three quality dual meets against three fairly up-and-coming programs i mean there's going to be nobody's going to get shut out here i don't believe
2: EWO, what do you think there? Edinburgh?
0: Ed, without a doubt. I mean, <laughs> West course. Virginia started the year ranked. Craig Turnbull's been there a long time, has produced a lot of winners, produced some national champions there. Edinburgh's still light years, I believe, ahead of the rest of EWL. Well, that doesn't mean they're susceptible to teams like Bloomsburg, you know, and Teague Moore's Clarion team. It's coming up. You know, Bloomsburg, West Virginia are going to be right there on the heels of Edinburgh, and you know, Cleveland State's gonna have a guy or two, especially that heavyweight Rashad Goff. So he's a guy to keep an out uh, you know, keep an eye on. But Edinburgh is by far, far and away the the hands down favorite in the Eastern Wrestling League.
2: But last year, ten qualifiers didn't do much with it. Are they going to be able to get in there and actually crack in and, and get a trophy? Because that's really the benchmark is getting a trophy. Can a team like Edinburgh do it?
0: With the personnel they've got, maybe it depends on uh, how well Donahoe is going to come back when he gets eligible second semester. Uh, you know, they lost Cacaso; he's transferring to Rutgers. Garrett Scott's going to redshirt, but. Kids like Torsten Gillespie, they had a real young lineup last year. He's a, he had a great win to start the year against Eric Medina of Maryland. You know, he started the year ranked. So, you know, the younger Gillespie's solid. He's really matured this year, and it looks like he's going to have a good season. Gregor, of course, three-time All-American, former national champion, going into his senior year. Kid's a leader. Kid's a hard worker. Kid's real blue-collar. Fits, he's kind of the model of that Edinburgh program. Jared King, a Pennsylvania native, had some good success last year. Finally healthy. He was not healthy in Oklahoma. He came back to you know Western Pennsylvania. Kind of found new new life there at Edinburgh with Coach Tim Flynn, uh, Connellsville kid. So uh, you know blue collars anything there too. And they got you know Joe Fendone, very solid heavyweight, very solid heavyweight. Well,
2: oh, in so. Edinburgh. Let's talk about that with the transfer of Donahoe coming in. Of course, he was at Nebraska, placed his third last year, NCAA champion two years ago. You have two NCAA champions on your team in Edinburgh right now. That has to make a very, very f- happy Fighting Scots team right well, now. Well,
0: two finalists will get you in the top ten pretty much. It's yeah. close the way it's- the tournament points work out. But it's exciting if, if they can get that mesh, that gel, that unit, if they can become a real team with with the distractions that are coming in with with Paul Donahoe. You know, there's going to be snickers pretty much everywhere. Everybody knows why. <laughs> but apparently they've embraced him pretty well there as a teammate, and I haven't heard anything negative about his, his time up in – you know, one of the coldest parts of Pennsylvania. I don't know if you've been to Edinburgh, but it's cold. I haven't. I think you can ice fish 13 months out of the year there. Really, same with Minnesota. Well, we're about oh, to find out. Oh, it's not yeah. snowing today, though.
2: Let's take a, a quick look at the EIWA because we're going to segue into our guest today, Pat Santoro, head wrestling coach at Lehigh. New head wrestling coach at Lehigh. Of course, he was at Maryland. Kerry McCoy takes over for that program at Maryland, and they had a big duel meet against each other that we're going to talk about a little bit. Lehigh, I don't think they are ready this year to make their challenge. They have a great tradition, and they have 100 years of tradition. This is their 100th year of the Lehigh wrestling program, and it is a proud tradition. Lehigh wrestling is something that people take a lot of stock in, and there's actually two resident historians that follow this very closely. Can Lehigh legitimately challenge this year?
0: This year, I don't know. I mean, Cornell. Cornell <laughs> It's Cornell uh that's they're the favorite you know Penn's gonna have a good team yeah you know Army and Navy both have very strong teams but Lehigh the win over Maryland didn't completely surprise me yeah I thought obviously Maryland was the favorite but just the the renewed vigor there in in Bethlehem with a guy like with the guy like Pat Santoro I think they were fired up it was in Grace Hall which we're gonna have a chance to talk to Pat about on what it's like to wrestle in Grace Hall because I've been to that facility for dual meets and it is it's it's amazing. It's, it's kind of hard to describe. Granted, I still got to go down to Iowa City one of these days. I think it's going to happen this this year. That's going to happen. Same down with uh, Ames. I've seen matches in Stillwater, but something about the tiny tiny atmosphere of Grace Hall is great. Can Lee High contend this year? I think it would be a good season for them if they finish in the top four in E I W A, whether it be dual meet standings or in the tournament, and they take five six guys to the tournament to the N C A A Championships. You know, I think that's a good season for them. I think. There's a feeling of immediacy, though. But, yeah. you know, Pat built a program in five years at Maryland that that took six, seven guys to nationals or whatever it was last year, and they became they nationally ranked. Lehigh's already ranked after the win over Maryland. So, uh, he's going to have a little bit, uh, a little bit more, a little bit more resources available to him at Lehigh than he did when he started at Maryland, basically starting that program from scratch. No, no disrespect to the, the former coach, but. You know that program had been ranked since 1993, and yeah. we saw him rank last year. So,
2: and, and at Maryland, he did a better job than what Lehigh had done five and a half points at the NCAA tournament last year. In some ways, he's not building from scratch, but he's uh, he really is the guy that they're saying revamp this program.
0: Well, it's going to help when you got guys like uh, I used to be named Connor, but John McDonald, their freshman 125 pounder with a great big win over Brendan Byrne of Maryland last weekend, and then Zach Rye, who qualified for the Olympic trials, is a as a freshman, as a true freshman, you know, kind of recovering his knee last year from uh, hurting it in the New Jersey State Tournament as a high school senior, comes in and you want a good set of bookends. You got a solid 25 pounder and a real solid athletic heavyweight. So, you know, and from there, they got the right mix of, of leadership with Trevor Chen, who's a senior. Then you've got Alex Iacoco, good role player for him, not going to see significant time, but a guy that's been there as basically been thrown to the wolves in a lot of places, but he's a guy that's a role player, a leader on that team, even though he's not in the lineup. And then Alex Caruso, for example, at 74, man, that kid, I like to say he's, I don't want to stamp him as an All-American right now, but uh, he's one of those guys from Lehigh that, in the brown and white that will not surprise me if he's top five this year.
2: Well, let's talk to Pat Santoro after the break. Lehigh Red head wrestling coach Pat Santoro next on Wrestling 411 Radio. We are back, Wrestling Four One One Radio. I am Kyle Klingman, joined by Jason Bryant, and we are talking college wrestling. And it doesn't get bigger than Lehigh University. Jason, we talked about it, Grace Hall. I need to get there because this place is history of wrestling. I've heard nothing but crazy things about Grace Hall. Pat, how crazy
0: was it this weekend with Maryland in town? <laughs>
2: little crazy, little crazy.
0: So was it uh, everything you thought it would be coming back? Uh, kind of odd coaching against your, your old team right there, basically brand new team uh, against your very old team. You know, you built one, now you got to build another and there. What do you know? They meet right off the bat.
3: Yeah, it was uh, very strange. Obviously, the schedule was made before I took the job here at Lehigh. We did it last February, I believe Greg and I did. But um, it was, I knew it would be difficult. I didn't realize how difficult it would be when I first got there, just seeing the team, you know, that I – a lot of these kids I've known for the past four years. So, it was, you know, recruiting them for a year. They're there at Maryland for three years. So it was a little more difficult than I anticipated.
2: When, of course, you wrestled Maryland and you will wrestle your alma mater this weekend, Pittsburgh, do we make too much of this talking about uh, wrestling schools that uh, that you have it tied to? Or is there is there really an emotional element when you wrestle both of these colleges?
3: I, you know, I think... You know, it's always, go, it's always good going back to all my modern wrestling I've, I've been fortunate enough to do that a number of times over the years so that's not really a, a big of a deal I don't have a relationship with the individuals um, I think Marilyn, you know, Kerry McCoy and I talked two weeks ago and we were pretty relaxed about it and then I think that last week I just got inundated with phone calls and emails and then the media got in and it really built it up so it really added the stress that last two days but I think the you know, guys did a good job of trying to keep it you know, under control
2: well, we talked about the tradition of Lehigh wrestling, and a legend passed away. Jerry Lehman passed away just uh, a few weeks ago. Can you talk a little bit about what Jerry Lehman meant to the Lehigh wrestling program and what he meant to you personally?
3: I'm sorry. I couldn't hear you. I can barely hear you right now. Oh,
2: I'm sorry. We, uh, I was just asking you about Jerry Lehman, who, of course, was the longtime head wrestling coach at Lehigh University. He passed away recently. And just wanted to get your thoughts on what your relationship like was with Jerry Lehman and just some thoughts on uh, his impact on the school of Lehigh.
3: I had a tremendous impact, and I was fortunate enough to meet him on, you know, a number of times. Uh, my dad knew him very well, obviously. Um, but uh, my, he helped my brother out for a year when his first year he was in school. So I, I, I knew Jerry Lehman and the Lehman family very well. But when he came back into town, it was amazing. Um, the alumni come back in droves to see him. Uh, He had a a major impact on a lot of lives. Um, You know, it's it's a celebration. You know, at Lehigh, we're trying to make the celebration of his time here because he really impacted so many people in so many positive ways. And it was a sad day being out there in Iowa, but uh, he is a great man, and uh, he should be honored.
2: Let's talk about the culture of Lehigh, and I think it's interesting that you grew up in Lehigh. I mean, this was your school. You are from Bethlehem. You grew up three miles away. Give us an idea what the decision was like to go to Pittsburgh instead of Lehigh, because I'm sure that had to be a tough choice.
3: Yeah, it was a tough choice. I mean, it came down to the end. I was looking at, I think, the three PA schools, you know, Pittsburgh, Lehigh, and Penn State, uh, were my three choices coming out. And at the time, I, I you know, obviously I had a lot of strong ties with Lehigh, with my brother wrestling here, my father, my uncle, uh, a lot of ties with the Lehigh University. I think I've been in that room since about three years old. Uh, but it came down to it, I think I was looking more at the health-related field at the time. Uh, Lehigh didn't have that. So, and then Pittsburgh was a natural fit when we went out to visit.
2: We talked recently here about the culture of Lehigh, and you mentioned in an article recently in your uh, Lehigh paper, the college paper, that the Lehigh culture is really crazy, especially when it comes to wrestling. Give us an idea what that's like. I mean, you have two resident historians. You can go to WrestlingStats.com and figure everything out about Lehigh wrestling. What's it like to be a coach of a program that's that fanatical?
3: It's very special. I mean, I grew up here in the Lehigh Valley, and just the culture of Lehigh Valley, wrestling is very important. And for me, that was a strong draw. I mean, I could come back and you know, had a lot of strong family ties. I could you know, raise our family in the Lehigh Valley, which is a great place. Um, but to be at a school where wrestling is number one is, is very special. I mean, uh, we were just joking a couple weeks ago where the coach was walking around campus, and it's every time we have walked around campus, we've seen a Lehigh wrestling shirt um, that some student is wearing. It's a pretty unique place.
0: Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.
3: And it's a uh, it's special when when you know how important it is the administration how important it is the athletic department how important it is the community.
2: Well, one of your fanatical fans is a legend in football, and that's Chuck Bednarik. And of course, yeah. Chuck Bednarik is the famous guy who laid out Chuck Giff or Frank Gifford, excuse me. <laughs> and you see that famous picture of him standing over the top. Is he still uh, supporting the program? Does he come to all the dual meets? Yeah,
3: you know, I have not seen him. Uh, this year yet, uh, but I, I, to be honest with you, I don't pay attention once the dual meet starts. But I know he's was, he was very supportive over the years. Um, he, he, when, I, when I left, he was there till day, you know the very last match. He was in there rooting for Lehigh, and it was funny him being a Penn grad, he was always on the Lehigh sidelines.
2: Yeah, and it's interesting talking to Chuck. Man, there's a guy that's tough, and I think would have uh, would have made a good wrestler. I've talked to him before, and he calls the players today who don't play both ways sissies. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) A lot of long talks with me about that. Jason?
0: Yeah, Coach Centaur, Jason Bryant here. had a question regarding what the atmosphere is actually like at Grace Hall. I've actually had the opportunity to see matches there. But in other facilities that you've traveled to as a coach and maybe as a competitor, is there anything that sets Grace Hall apart from them?
3: I think the intimacy, the fact that when you go out of bounds, you're right on the last of some of our fans. Um, I mean, it makes electric. You've been inside the place. Um, you, you really can't hide. I mean, it holds just you know just over 2,000 people in the arena, but it, it feels like there's 10,000 on top of you.
0: And, and as far as uh, to shift gears on you here, you were actually kind of you know interested in how the qualification system went in when you were coaching in the ACC, and now you're in the EIWa, which a conference that had more bids. Uh, how does the system now affect you as a coach and knowing how it works on both sides and maybe being in a big conference coming from a small conference? What are your thoughts on the new system?
3: I think it's a great system. I think it's a, it's a fair way to get our best athletes there. And it's up to us as coaches to make sure we get our athletes there. It, the qualifying system is more fair now than it ever has been. Uh, so I'm not going to complain about is it, is it fair for this conference or that conference. Right now every kid has an equal opportunity to get to that national tournament tournament. We can prove it through the year, and if we don't get it done there, we have the conference tournament to prove it. So we have a lot, of, a lot more opportunities now to get to that national tournament. I think it's a great system.
2: So when we talk about that, it's interesting because now that you are at Lehigh, and Jason talked about this, does your thought process change at all when you go to a different program? Because the issues that are at Maryland aren't necessarily the issues that are going to be pertinent at Lehigh. Does it change your thinking at all on that?
3: I mean, it's... Um you can coach anywhere you want to coach now. Uh, kids have the opportunity to go anywhere they want to go. They um, have the, the same opportunity to go to a national tournament. I just know, I've talked to many ACC coaches and I was down there. We lost a lot of recruits to you know the Big Ten, Big 12s over the years just because we we're an up-and-coming program, or I should say conference. Um, but it, it, it really doesn't change. I think the bottom line of the coach, you want to go ahead and do the best job you can, and I think just how every coach out there is trying to develop national champs and all-Americans every year and trying to win that national title. But now an opportunity to do that. We can take eight or nine guys in a national tournament as opposed to, you know, four or five at
2: best. We're talking with Pat Santoro, head wrestling coach of Lehigh University, and you're listening to Wrestling 411 Radio, and I want to talk to you a little bit about the documentary called Veritas. It was about John Trench, and from my vantage point, this was a truly great documentary, not just wrestling documentary, but just generally a good documentary. Have you had a chance to watch it, and how much positive exposure do you think this has given Lehigh? Um, I've had
3: the option it a couple times, actually. I, I mean, I, I think anytime time there's a documentary on wrestling, it's great exposure, not just for Lehigh, just for the sport. Um, but what made it so great is it was about it was a personal interest story, and that's what people want to hear. It's not just a feel-good film. It's, it's about the, the life of John Trend and Lehigh wrestling and what he had to go through, how he put his eyesight on the line every single time he walked on the mat. Um, I think it's just positive for everybody, not just
2: the wrestling community. And, of course, John Trench is an assistant coach in your program. What is he adding to the program? Especially, and he talks about this in the documentary, that maybe losing the NCAA tournament, not winning in the senior year, was the best thing that could have happened to him.
3: Yeah, well, actually, John, he's actually the Lehigh Valley Athletic Club coach. He's uh, finishing up his master's right now, so he's not technically on staff. Um, but John's in the area, and we get to see him a, a lot, or at least when he's not doing too much schoolwork, but um, he's, anytime John's around, if you ever seen him teach, when he's around kids, he makes an impact. He's a great teacher. He's very personable. Um, I think you can find that when you watch the film, you know, how much the sport means to him, but having John around is always beneficial.
2: Let's talk about your team here, Coach, and when we talk about Lehigh, the first guy that comes to mind for me is David Craig, who was the top recruit in the nation a couple years ago, and... From a outsider's point of view, I wouldn't say he's lived up to the hype so far. I believe he was six and four last year. Had some academic issues. Didn't wrestle that much during the season. What's it going to take for David Craig to turn the corner and be a legitimate contender at 184 this year? Well, I, you
3: know, I don't, I'm not sure what happened the past two seasons. Um, you know, I think I thought he had a pretty decent freshman year. I think he's around 12 as a true freshman. You know, he wins that match, he's an all American and people aren't talking about uh, you know, struggling. Um, last year, obviously the eligibility issues, that's that's not good no matter what knowing who it is. But uh he's had a he's had a good nice fire in his belly. Uh, last match it was great to see him going out there. He was intense, he was working hard, he was working for the ball. I mean he's been great since we've been back, so um, we really enjoy coaching him. Great. I, I think he can I think he can be in the hunt to win a national championship. He's just that type of talent.
2: When we talk about NCAA tournaments, and Jason and I talked about this in the first segment. There's only been 10 programs that have won an NCAA title, so it's hard to break into that group. Of course, Lehigh has a great tradition. How is Lehigh over the course of the next five years? I don't know if you have a plan on how you're going to win an NCAA title, because that's what every coach wants, but I think at Lehigh, there's a legitimate shot. What's your plan for Lehigh to get into that upper tier and possibly win an NCAA team title? Well,
3: I think the first thing is it starts with, you know, for me it starts with the, the coaching staff you bring in. You have to have a staff that has the same vision and the same passion and commitment to winning, which I believe we do. Um, I think the second, is it starts, you know, the second part is the student-athletes. It, it's, it's them believing in themselves, believing in their teammates, and the type of athletes that we bring in. We need to bring in the athletes that we know like to wrestle, that are hard-nosed, and that you know, have the potential to be a national champion to come to the program. We're looking for the right, the right athlete, not just necessarily the best athlete, but the right athlete
0: depending on our program. Right, Coach, when you talk about the right athlete, it's not necessarily the four-time or three-time state champion that uh, coaches look for. You're kind of living proof of that. You never won a high school state title yet you're a four-time collegiate All-American and two-time national champion. Does that story do you pitch yourself in that respect when you're recruiting an athlete? Uh, not too much. I don't
3: think. I think it's too. It was a long time ago. I think the athletes are more concerned about what we can offer them as a coaching staff, what the university can offer them, you know, academically. Uh, we talk about our commitment, though. We talk about, you know, how serious our administration is about wrestling, how serious the coaching staff is about wrestling, and we, like I said, we have to have that. At Lehigh, we have to have the total package, we need a total student athlete, someone that has a great balance in their life, that is very hungry to succeed on and off the mat. When you have that, you're, you're going to find a way to win. Um, and that's what Lee has done traditionally. They've been that little school that kept, keeps finding a way to compete with the, the top programs in the country. Um, but right now, the East, the East Coast hasn't had a national championship team in you know, over 50 years. Um, right now, um, it's kind of like the four-minute mile. It hasn't been, you know, and everybody's striving to break that four-minute mile. When it finally gets broken, I think you're going to see it happen a lot. But I think there's a few schools in the East right now that have a legitimate possibility to do that with the, because of the support with the administration technically as one
2: of those places. I want to ask you about your coach, former coach. Greg Strobel was the coach at Lehigh, and he's still on staff. And he was, uh, of course, the guy who was there when you were an assistant coach for nine years. How much do you rely on Greg Strobel to say, hey, you know what? I'm having a problem with this. Do you go to see him for advice?
3: Oh, yeah. Every week or so, I'm down there in his office bugging him again. Um, he's actually turned into quite a techie guy. So uh, oh, yeah. he's, he's got all these computers in the office now. He's uh, he's definitely uh, learning a lot more about computers than I'll ever want to learn. Uh, but he's great. Cause I just talked that fact in his office the other day, just talking about some paperwork, and he's been very helpful.
2: I just want to ask you real quick, not on the college scene here, but you had a long international career. What do you think? You like how the rules are going here?
3: You know, rules are rules. I think you you adapt to them. The the best athletes in the world they're adapting to them. It doesn't matter. I think winners are going to win, and if you worry about the rule change, you're going to be a step behind. When a rule rule changes, you understand the rule, and you need to start planning on how to win with those new rules, and I think, you know, I know that's what the best athletes have done. You find a way to win within the rules.
2: All right, Pat, it's the time to put you in the hot box. These are five questions we're going to ask you in hopes of making you sweat a little bit, and I'm just going to set this up since it is the 100-year anniversary of lehigh wrestling it's all going to be lehigh related history of the hundred years so pat Santora, are you ready to go to the hot box sure
0: and you don't get to phone jay hammond for help
2: yeah jay hammond or denny deal what if he's over here for dinner tonight well no, that's okay kidding. that's your prerogative <laughs> john harman's
0: also on that list too so
2: <laughs> all right lehigh has produced one three-time ncaa champion who is he and a bonus if you can tell me what was special about his three ncaa titles
3: uh, he's a, it's Mike Caruso. Yep, um, he won 65-66-67, and he beat Ferris from Michigan all three years.
2: That's right. You got your two for two right now. Number question number two: There have been seven Lehigh coaches before you. Can you name them?
3: Let's see: Billy Sheridan, um, Jerry Lehman, Dad Turner, uh, Tom Hutchinson, Bob Latessa, Dad. I'm oh, sorry, Dad Turner. Uh, Pat Turner was before Hutchinson, Tom Hutchinson, then uh, Bobby Lattese, Greg Strobel, myself.
2: And then uh, Frank Lynch was the first one, but uh, you know what? That's so far back there, we're going to give you a pass. I'm giving you three All for right. three right now.
0: Yeah, my great grandmother was 10. <laughs> so
2: <laughs> Lehigh has never won an NCAA team title, but they have placed high at several NCAA tournaments. What is the highest Lehigh has ever finished at the NCAA tournament? Uh, third place. Actually, that's wrong. They placed second. <laughs>
0: oh.
2: But oh, you, come you, on, coach. I, I, come on, coach. But, but you, you only got remember the, the you only, you only member if you win. <laughs> <laughs> but you got the bonus, so you're still sitting good here. All right, in 2002, Rob Rohn pinned Lambre- Josh Lambrecht from Oklahoma. Of course, Rob Rohn from Lehigh University. He came back. It was the largest margin of victory ever. What was the score, and where were you at when that happened?
3: I could tell you exactly how that match went. <laughs> he was losing 14 to 3. Actually, unfortunately, I wasn't in the corner, but I was standing next to Chris Ayers. And um, right when that period started, I looked at Chris, and I remember saying, he's going to have to pin him now. And um, sure enough, pulled out the cement job and pinned him.
2: All right. You are uh, five for five?
0: five a, well, I guess. 5A. You, you a. got a two-parter there for number one, Coach. And, and
2: you got a, a fifth question here, and it's a pretty easy question. If you don't get this one, I may di- be disappointed. In the proud history of Lehigh Wrestling, there's been only one coach who has never lost a dual meet. Who is that coach? <laughs> uh,
3: that's, um, I guess that would have to be this past weekend, right?
2: <laughs> you're 1-0. Yeah. You're 1-0. Yep. Maybe so. I should retire right now. Well, I mean, I want good coaches in the sport, so please don't retire. <laughs>
0: now, I have great. a follow-up question. This is not, you're not quite out of the hot box yet, Coach.
2: Okay.
0: How steep is the grade of the street in front of Grace Hall?
3: It's pretty steep. That's the correct
0: answer. That is the correct answer. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. All right,
2: you are yeah. officially out of the sure, hot guys, box. i it's too
0: steep. <laughs> too steep. I don't know. I, I remember <laughs> walking down there at Grace ball. Hall, I guess a couple of years ago, and kids were sliding down the hill on lunch trays. Yeah, it's, it's a
3: pretty it's a pretty steep campus. And um, like I said, I'll tell you, our athletes run that thing a lot, and they'll tell you it's probably too steep for them also.
2: <laughs> well, Pat Santoro, you're out of the hot box. Thanks for coming on our second edition of Wrestling 411 Radio. We appreciate it, and best to you this weekend as you wrestle your former school, Pittsburgh.
3: Oh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, guys. You that guys was Pat, are doing a great job.
2: Pat Santoro of Lehigh University, you're listening to Wrestling 411 Radio. We're going to take a break, and we're going to be back talking more about conferences and a little bit of breakdown of college wrestling next. <laughs>
0: Yeah, welcome back to Wrestling Four One One, along with Kyle Klingman. I'm Jason Bryant. Before we get started with our final segment, I'd like to thank our camp sponsors, who without them the support would not be possible. Kyle, they've been very gracious and helping us with funding and getting the time. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: Lucky in line at the deli, I guess.
3: Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually.
0: Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really?
1: Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: I never win and tell.
1: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere,
0: playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Votra prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To take out of their busy schedules to help us out and promote this Wrestling 411 initiative, Camps we've got on board so far Coach Frankie James and the Campbellsville Tigers of the NAIA, a brand new, relatively brand new program in Kentucky. Joe Baranick at another new program at St. Andrews Presbyterian in Laurenburg, North Carolina. They're an NCAA Division II squad. Cale Sanderson, no introduction necessary, Uh, head coach, Iowa State, Olympic gold medalist, and I think he's got a pretty good winning percentage as a a college wrestler. So, so. It's not bad. It's not not bad. Bruce Burnett at the United States Naval Academy, one of the great men in the sport. You know, man, it was behind the great Olympic teams we had in the uh, the late 90s there, the early 90s, early to mid-90s. The Naval Academy, always in great shape, and Burnett has those guys ready to wrestle every time. Jay Robinson and Jay Robinson Wrestling Camps, Kevin Dresser and the Kevin Dresser Wrestling Camps, of course, affiliated with the University of Minnesota and Virginia Tech, respectively. Mike Ritchie for the Raiders of Southern Oregon University out there in NAIA program. Brian Smith and Tiger Style Wrestling Camps. You'll see their commercial quite a bit on the Wrestling 411 TV, radio TV version of the show. Just talked to, I actually talked to Lee Pritz before we came in today, as I told him how sweet my parking spot was outside of here at Kaog. Mark Manning, University of Nebraska at Husker Wrestling Camps. Tom Brands, our show's first guest with the University of Iowa Wrestling Camps. And Troy Sunderland, head coach of Penn State for the Penn State Wrestling Camps. All the information on those camps available at Wrestling411.tv. And, of course, uh, we're always looking for more support, donations, and everything. It's everything helps a little from a lot. And these coaches have given more than just a little. They've given a lot. They're putting their stamp on this. They're giving their seal of approval. Cliche city here, but they're really helping us out. And coaches, Frankie James, Joe Baranek, Cale Sanderson, Bruce Burnett, Jay Robinson, Kevin Dresser, Mike Ritchie. Yes, I'm saying them again. I'm that excited. Brian Smith, Mark Manning, Tom Brands, Troy Sunderland, thank you. For your support.
2: No doubt about it. And then, of course, we talked about it in the first segment. We had uh, John McNerney. I think that's his absolutely name. The, uh, Blue Earth, Minnesota. Blue Earth, Minnesota made a donation. You the man. You the man. And that's what it's all about is, is coming through a little from a lot. This is our story, our way, but we need your support.
0: Who's from Blue Earth, Minnesota? The Eustace. Boys. Absolutely. There the Eustace
2: we go. Boys. But they went to Iowa, right? Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Did they defect?
0: I don't know. How do you, you know. That's a good question. If you're from Minnesota and you go to Iowa, but you're closer to Iowa than you are, say, the University of Minnesota, but what if you're from Iowa and go to Minnesota like the Riders?
2: See, I don't think so. I it's don't all, know. That's interesting. Now, what if you're from
0: South Dakota and go to North Dakota State? Uh, they don't care. It's, it's what crazy. if you're from Hawaii and go anywhere? Cornell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah.
2: What about Alaska? Alaska doesn't matter because they don't have any programs, so you have full reign of wherever you want to go. No doubt about it.
0: We had a kid from Alaska on a recruiting trip at Old Dominion while I was there. Uh, as the end of the year, I was like standing on the beach, and I'm like, actually, he's still there right now. I go, do you realize you're closer to London, England, than you are Fairbanks right now? It's crazy. And he's still signed. Unbelievable. That's anyway, crazy. we're back with our final segment about 10 minutes ago here in this episode of Wrestling 411. Check us out on the web, wrestling411.tv, along with uh, our resident... Well, what do you consider yourself resident of what?
2: Man, I don't know.
0: The guy that, between the two of us, the guy in this studio that has the best chance at breaking the four-minute mile, Kyle Klingman.
2: Yeah, but there's no way I could do it. But I'd like to. That would be sweet to do that, but uh, my speed is gone.
0: You run 70 miles a week. I used to. Oh, sorry. Sorry, now you're just down to 50. I'm
2: getting a little portly right now, but uh, two weeks off, I'm, I'm gaining a couple pounds, but that's all right. I do want to mention something here. We haven't talked about this guy. It's only our second show. But let's talk about Jake Herbert. Sixth year. He's coming back after an Olympic redshirt. NCAA champion two years ago.
0: Thoroughly one of the most entertaining human beings you'll ever meet. He is. Guy is an absolute he's he's an absolute riot.
2: And this is a guy I think wants to promote wrestling and he gets it. He gets the concept of college dressing. And sport. I think
0: he's the one that when people talk about mullets in the sport, they always bring up. Who do they bring up? <laughs> Jake Herbert. No, who else do they bring up?
2: Who do they bring up?
0: Which Hawkeye do they bring up?
2: Lincoln McRae. Yeah, yeah. I think he's Herbert's
0: sure got he the ability there. to be the guy that brings the mullet back in this in this post-Y2K world.
2: Yeah. And what do you think? Is he going to win this all? 184. He's ranked but, second right now.
0: Him and Facil. Pace- I mean, the only other time they met – Obviously, it was a dual meet when Pasillo was a, a redshirt freshman, and Herbert won that one fairly handily. And I, I like the point you made on wrestling full on, on our on our site about should Jake Herbert be ranked number one. The only time he's ever wrestled Mike Pasillo head to head, he beat him. The common opponent is Jake Varner, whom Herbert beat in the NCAA finals, and then whom Pasillo beat in the NCAA finals. But Herbert loses to Varner in the Midlands finals and overtime. I don't know how soon it was from knee surgery or whatnot, or. How he was training for the Olympic styles, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, like we said with Caldwell Metcalf the other day, a loss is a loss. The thing is, this one wasn't official. This was a redshirt year. This was an ac- Olympic activities waiver, I believe is the official terminology for those, those Olympic waivers. And, you know, it didn't count.
2: And you did the rankings big time at intermatch. I don't, I I don't know, miss that, I know you're glad Don't miss that.
0: And I will take video and radio editing over doing the college rankings, or coordinating, rather, the college rankings any day of the week. But, you hear that, Pat?
2: But I think the point here is that with rankings, it is subjective. So I think when you go into this, you, you don't necessarily just take last year's dad and say, well, this guy plays third, fourth, fifth, and then you just go in that order. Well, that's how
0: you start the preseason. But I do,
2: but I think with this, I think you need to look into it. my opinion, Jake Herbert's number one. I,
0: I agree with you, but I'm not – Rankings coordinator anymore. I don't vote anymore. Okay. I'm I'm sad. I'm, I'm verklempt.
2: But we can talk about it and criticize. Oh, of course. That, that's our job. So on this show, Jake Herbert is number one.
0: Yeah, I mean, now. you know, the wrestling 411 rankings consist of one guy at one weight. So uh, I, that's that's something we can we can play with.
2: And speaking of rankings, I think it's good for our listeners to know that we will be using the InterMat Nwca. National Wrestling Media Association poll. That's going to be our official rankings. I think they're the most reliable. I think they use the best data, and they take dual meets into account.
0: Oh, absolutely, dual meets. It's a dual meet ranking. We're getting some fans here at Augsburg. Yeah, there's. You can't see that on camera, and you can't hear it on radio. But uh we're kind of isolated. We're kind of like right in the middle of everything here in the student center. We are. Anyway, after we were talking about rankings, yeah, and any results and rankings you see on the show, on the slides, or here are going to be the internet rankings, and that's. Strictly of, of no uh, no alliance whatsoever, because as as you guys know on Tuesday, as you don't know actually, Tuesday we're going to bring in, uh, we're going to have our first in-studio guest. He's actually going to be a in-studio uh, sub-co-host. Kyle's got to ice up his knee and head down to Iowa. Andrew Hips from RevWrestling.com will be in here with yours truly co-hosting the show. So
2: Yeah, let's talk about next week's show.
0: Why not? Uh, your show, have, let's yeah. do it.
2: <laughs> Andrew Hips is going to be in-studio, and then I'm going to be down at what's called Fight Night in Waverly. This is going to be a great opportunity for a lot of coaches from the state of Iowa, which, as we know, is the premier state right now for wrestling. You have Wartburg,
0: <laughs> Iowa. College Denver wrestling. State, you know. I, I think the high school wrestling, there's a couple states that got they have some arguments. There's great high school wrestling in Iowa, but right. not to steal your thunder, continue.
2: But this is a great opportunity for anyone that wants to get out. It's at Joe's Nighthawk. They do it every year. It's an annual event. Cale Sanderson will be there, Tom Brands, Jim Miller, Brad Penrith, all the local high school coaches. Just a great way to promote wrestling. I'm going to be there talking about Wrestling 4 on one and we're going to get a few of the wrestlers on the line. And then next Thursday, we're going to have a special guest, Jim Jordan. Congressman Jim Jordan just won his second term in the United States House of Representatives. He was a two-time NCAA champion for Wisconsin, four-time state champion from Ohio, and we're going to talk to him about the election and his thoughts on wrestling. And I'm sure he'll fill us in on some uh, details on Title Nine too.
0: Well, there's also Jordan also wrestling now. Another generation of them wrestling Division One. Jordan wrestling at Wisconsin. That's Ben. Ben Jordan. That's right. So another member of that proud family wrestling uh, another generation. So we'll we'll probably see him down the line. Uh, he's a true freshman this year, but. As we got a couple minutes here, are going to wrap up a couple of the things we've been talking about. We talked about the ACC, the EWL, and the EIWA. going to run through quickly the East region, which is a region that basically, outside of the programs and the coaches there, I hate to say it, but nobody pays attention to. And that's an unfortunate thing because you got a brand-new program, a re- revived program at Liberty. Kyle, you were just out in Lynchburg, yeah. did an interview with Jesse Castro. Got some energy out there. I mean, it's, it a, it's a proud program. It has good history in the Division II and the National Christian College Athletic Association way back in the 80s. I mean, Jesse Castro, an alum, you know, returns. Two of their best wrestlers are, that are NCAA qualifiers are redshirting this year, and they're still going to probably win the East Region by landslide. They spanked Gardner-Webb the other night, 43-6. Uh, yeah, they did. So, and, and Gardner-Webb actually is, you know, Scott Shipman's building a solid program there, uh, trying to at least. I mean, limited scholarships. But also teams. Campbell moved from the Colonial Athletic Association to the East Region this year, much like Wagner did two years ago. Good move for Coach Billy Green. Got a new wrestling facility down there. Nobody really knows where Campbell University is. It's in, Buse, I believe it's Buce Creek, North Carolina. They got one stoplight, I think, one, stop, one or two stoplights. They were the basketball team that played Duke in the first round of the NCAA basketball tournament, back like 94. And everybody's like, who are the Fighting Camels? Well, Billy Green was uh, one of their one of their last NCAA qualifiers. He's the head coach there, been there a couple of years. Got a new facility, maybe some renewed energy, some some you know hardworking kids on that team. But you know, right now Hofstra, Ryder, Old Dominion, the class in CAA, so they saw ah we're out of here. We got a chance to get some guys to the show. They haven't had a qualifier since 2002. Lance Nixon at 174 pounds. He spells his name L-A-N-T-Z. Hey. So a little factoid there. Each Region going to be dominated by Liberty. And basically, that's that's all it said there. Southern Conference rebuilding year for UT Chattanooga. They're still going to be the hands down favorite. So they're going to have the seven guys from Tennessee going to be in their lineup.
2: That's cool. That's that's really that's
0: impressive. Uh, Chris Bono really getting the the the, really finding the gems in Tennessee. And
2: Chris Bono is still competing.
0: I don't know how. (laughs) Uh, it,
2: It blows me away that he's still competing. I mean, I think it's not like
0: he's old. Everybody says it like he's so old. No, he's like 34, not, but, 35,
2: but to be a which is the new
0: 25, competing. as we said earlier, right? <laughs>
2: exactly.
0: I don't know. Chris doing a good job. He's got, got some real good coaching staff in there. A lot of good support in Chattanooga. Kind of hard for him to schedule down there though. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, haul to get to Chattanooga for many. For sure.
2: But,
0: but, uh, of that we're going to finish up with the rest of the conferences, the big 10, the big 12, the Pac 10, the West region and the colonial next Tuesday is Andrew Hips will come in here and give his interesting insight, of course, on those big power conferences. And the little ones on the outside. Also, oh, yeah, the MAC. We can't forget them. So.
2: The MAC is a, it's a good conference. But the reason it's a good conference is because Central Michigan made it a good conference. And hats off to Tom Barelli and what he's done. Because when you think about it, it's pretty impressive what he's been able to do at Central Michigan. When you think about the history of Michigan and Michigan State, it's been a, lot, a couple of years where he's actually – Made that the premier program in the state of Michigan, like last year. Last year, and I know they've placed fifth and seventh. I know he's been coach of the year.
0: Had some national champions. Had some national finalists. Yeah, so I mean, another guy you've interviewed, hmm, Tom Borelli. No, he's tag. yeah, there you go. Now at Iowa State. So. Iowa state so, so uh, Borelli, obviously, I think he's on the uh, on the top. Three, you can't not name him in any best coach list anybody wants. Best recruiter, you can say Tom Borelli. Best technical coach, you can actually say Tom Borelli. Best motivating coach, you can say Tom. He's every every different thing if you can break down in a coach. I think everybody's going to say Tom Borelli is one of those guys. We'll talk more about that on Tuesday as we preview the other half of the conferences, including the MAC.
2: The MAC is a, is a conference that I think can continue to get better because of what they have with Central Michigan. When you have Ohio. And Ohio needs to be a program on the rise too because quite frankly, we talk about high school wrestling, you can recruit Ohio big time and I know you'll get into that when you talk about Ohio State. That's what Tom Ryan, head wrestling coach at Ohio State, has wanted to do is fence in that state, make sure they don't go elsewhere like Michigan, Iowa State. The problem you know, is really with
0: fencing though, the problem is with fencing other than the swords. No. The problem with fencing is people still climb the fence and that's gonna happen. So they I will. think you know, building a wall, that's probably what they need to do. But, you know, the fence is there now. They're still losing some kids here and there. But I don't it's know. That's happen. a lot of excitement around the Buckeyes right now in the state of Ohio. You can't go anywhere talking to wrestling fans that aren't from Ohio other than maybe, you know, Kent State fans. They're doing great things too as we're talking about the MAC. But for sure, we'll come back and circle up on that on Tuesday. So that's going to basically almost wrap it up for us here. Well,
2: it's been a uh, second show. Happy to have this again. This is, uh, this is your story. We're going to tell it. Our sport, our way. You've been listening to Wrestling 411 Radio. Check out our website, wrestling411.tv. For Jason Bryant, I'm Kyle Klingman. Thanks for listening.
0: And we'll see you Tuesday.